You're listening to So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Emo Garrett. Welcome to the show. This week we're talking about Spider-Man 3. Woo. Woo? Who cares? Guys. We care. uh, You're going to get people leaving our show already. Uh, It's just... All right. Okay. uh, First of all... Swoop the hair. This is not how Peter acted. It wasn't. He He was was overly confident. Which is not how emo people act. No. That's why it was very confusing, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Andy ate a lot of cookies. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what? Did he? Yeah. What? There was a scene in there. He, was, he ate a lot of cookies. He was telling that Russian girl. <laughs> I don't... I mean, I... Okay. Okay. Spider-Man 3 was released in 2007. I broke Garrett. Starring the usual suspects, Bryce. but this time some newcomers, Topher Grace and Bryce Dallas Howard, Thomas Hayden Church, among the three biggins, they joined the franchise this time. In this movie, we find Spider-Man living life. Things are going great. He's the hero of New York City. He's on every newspaper and magazine. Not as a villain like uh, J. Jonah Jameson would have people to believe, but he's a hero. They have parades for him and all kinds of fun stuff. But that doesn't mean things are going well for him. Mary Jane, his girlfriend, they're together now. She's on Broadway, but she's got some insecurities she's dealing with. Spider-Man's got some on his own he's dealing with. And then we have an enormous amount of villains popping up for Mm Spider-Man. So, let's jump right into this one by going over... uh, I feel like this movie is so complicated that we can't start yet, and I still need to talk more about what happens in this movie. (laughs) So... While Spider-Man and Spider-Man slash Peter are living life, Mary Jane is on Broadway, but she gets fired from her big debut on Broadway because she can't sing very well. So that's happening. Then you've got, um, I don't remember his, his real name, but the guy who turns into Sandman, he's released from prison. He was wanted for, or we find out he was wanted for killing Uncle Ben, but he's now out of prison and is trying to get money to save his his daughter, who has got a, a, a terminal illness yeah. of some sort. But he turns into Sandman somewhere along the way while he's getting chased by police. So while that's happening, we have Eddie Brock, who is a new up-and-comer photographer at the Daily Bugle, who, yada, 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 gets hooked up with the symbiote Venom and becomes Venom. While that's happening, Harry Osborn ah. is... <laughs> so many I know, we'll get there. So I'm still going threads. through basics right now. So many plot threads. Harry Osborn is still angry at Spider-Man for killing his father. He believes he killed his father. He didn't. We know this. Harry will know this. Still he doesn't didn't. care. He becomes New Goblin with a new mission to kill Spider-Man. <sighs> I think that's enough. I think that's enough said. Yeah. Take a drink of water. Well, I was thinking, let's jump into talking about some things we liked. But I was like, dang, well, the things we liked won't even make sense because we still haven't gone into detail what this movie's about. Let's just talk about this since we're on the topic. There's just... About how there's too much there, going on? There's too there's, much going on. There's too much to this one, Spider-Man. Yeah, there's a lot going on. This movie um, falls victim to me to the same thing. That's our other favorite superhero franchise, uh, the Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy, <laughs> falls into, uh, released much later, but same same concept, The Dark Knight Rises, too many villains. There's too much going on in that movie, too much happening. Yep. Same thing with this movie. Somewhere along the line, studios will learn 
that you don't need multiple villains. Nope. You need a good one. One good one. And that's all you need. But there's a lot going on in this one. There in the So in the original thing, uh, Raimi wanted a different villain. I didn't know this. Ben Kingsley was in, touch, in talks to be Vulture in this one. And at one point in time, Anne Hathaway was in talks to be like a new villain called Vulture S. And they were going to do some stuff. But that fell through. So then they persuaded Raimi to, to put Venom in there because he didn't originally want it. So you got Venom was thrown in there at the request of the studio. You got Sandman, who I think was the the most solid villain in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then you got uh, a New Goblin in there who eventually turns out to be an ally afterwards. But I, I've said multiple times that with the way this movie was structured, I continually forgot about at least all of the villains at one point in time or another during this movie. Because they would focus on on this aspect of the story, and I'd be following it, and then I'd go, wait a minute, what happened to so-and-so? And then I'd be, then they'd go back to him and be like, okay, this is what's going... But wait, what happened to the uh, with the one in the over there? And then they do that. And then it's just this long line of me forgetting one of the three vic- the villains. And I s- think that they could have easily taken these guys and spread them out and made at least two more movies out of it. Yeah, Sandman and Venom should have been their own movie for the sake of those characters. Yep. Here's what I would have done. Sandman and Venom have their own movie, and after Spider-Man 1, Harry would have never been seen or heard from again. I don't think he serves a single purpose in Spider-Man 2 or 3. He's pointless, and he just takes up time. We don't need him. At all. Okay. He never develops. And the I A note that I wrote down is the best Harry in this whole trilogy is Memory Loss Harry. He's the best Harry of them all. I will agree. He's not a jerk. He's nice. He's funny. In in fact, that one scene where he or he and Mary Jane are, you know, they're bonding over making eggs. Right. You know, that was it. Suspicious, but fun. But it, it was fun though. I it mean, was fun. It, it was fun just to see that, just to see that side of him. Right. Yeah. I, he he I, serves I totally, zero purpose. I totally agree. But I mean. <sighs> And then Harry, Venom. Yeah. Oh, you want to say something about Harry? I was going to say Harry is hard, very hard to, very hard to. Oh. To to get down. I forgot of, a line that I wrote down that I absolutely hated. When he, <laughs> when he when he he gets in the fight with with Peter, and Peter like knocks him out and he loses his memory and he's in the hospital. The doctor tells Peter he's he has short term memory loss, and then like the first thing he says that Harry says to Peter is. Uh, my father, he died, right? <laughs> that was the line verbatim. And I had two thoughts to that. One, what a stupid way <laughs> to, like, make his character's story somewhat interesting. Two, he just said short-term memory loss. Why did he forget that his father died <laughs> several movies back? The timeline is still long enough for that to not be in his short-term memory anymore. Right, and he yeah. would remember that he still hated Spider-Man. Yeah. Because he forgot all. And the was, whole yeah. amnesia thing was stupid as all get out. Yeah. It did make for Memory Loss Harry, though, who's my favorite. But it was dumb. Yeah. It was just dumb, dumb, dumb. And then Venom, what I was going to say about him, totally got screwed in this movie because you don't even know what it, who it is. 
Yeah. You know nothing about Venom other than it's this goopy thing that keeps crawling around. The best explanation we get is when Harry or when Peter takes it to the college professor and it basically sums up to, huh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it fell out of that meteor. Right. There's no it. real explanation no. of what Venom is. Right. And that's what I I what I would have done is and maybe you don't necessarily need Harry, but you could have worked him into one of these two movies. So you could have done Venom in this movie because I liked the idea of in Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man slash Peter Parker was was just failing at everything. Like, nothing was going right as Peter Parker. Nothing was going right as Spider-Man. He tried to give one up, thinking that it would make it better. And it just got worse and worse and worse. And then he realized that he needed both of them to make it work. And that's how the movie ended. He figured it out. So what I liked about this movie is that you get not, you get almost the extreme opposite in that he's so confident as Peter because he's got the girl, he's doing well at school, things are going right, he's as Spider-Man, everybody loves him, he's saving lives, he's doing all this stuff, everything's on cloud nine and it gets amplified. And he, before even Venom gets involved, takes things a little too far. And we'll, like whenever he upside down kisses Gwen Stacy in front of Mary Jane, that's not cool. He doesn't really seem to be paying as much attention to Mary Jane because he's so focused on Peter Parker and Spider-Man. So what I would have liked for this movie to be to focus on Venom because Venom amplifies all of those characteristics. So you could have had this movie where he gets so full of himself and so big and so bad and then because of that turns like into an evil Spider-Man to where he has to... He's doing this evil versus good thing and then he goes away and then somebody else becomes Venom and then they have to fight. That would have been a way to take care of this movie. And the next movie I would have liked to have seen if it was Sandman, somebody who's fighting for something and a like a normal Spider-Man and Sandman in their first fight beats him down and takes him out and and like humbles a Peter Parker and Spider-Man to where he has to rethink things and, and figure out how to overcome this kind of adversity that he hasn't been able to do and eventually beat Sandman. That's a way to extend it. It didn't need to be as convoluted as it was, and it gives you an extra movie. Yeah. 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 It was too convoluted. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to steer this back into some things that we do like about the movie. Um, some side characters are always a nice reprieve in this trilogy. Notably, uh, J. Jonah Jameson and Aunt May. Oh yeah. Uh, I know, Andrew. You said you said J. 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 was one of the first things that was one of the first things that you said that you yeah. loved about it. He, steals, he continues to be great. He steals the show. Like he really does. Like he just the reason why I like J. Jonah J. Jonah Jameson is because it, it really has to do with J. K. Simmons' acting in it. Mm-hmm. He's so good at it. Yeah, he's you know, he born really, for that role. He was really was born for that role, and I, he's he's such like he just he makes it his own. Yeah, he, he ma- kind of defined it. He, yeah, I mean, like you really, I, I if you try to find a different actor for it, you're going to be hard pressed to find another one because did, he's really good at it. Did they have a JJ in the Amazing Spider-Man movies? I don't remember. I don't either, but I don't think so because I don't think he ever made it to the bugle in those two. Was he in the? Uh, and I don't think Spider-Man? he was in Spider-Man: Homecoming either, because hmm. Peter's not old enough okay. to be f- for a photographer for, a photographer for okay. a newspaper. But yeah, it'll be interesting once they get to the point where he's such a uh, JJ, such an iconic character for the Sp- Spider-Man's universe that event he's got to come in eventually. I feel yeah. like 
So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if he comes back. He could do it again. I don't see why not. He's J.K. Simmons hasn't changed that much. No, he could he could come back. I'd like to see it. So what did you like? Because I I really like the opening scene where they kept throwing the buzzer and he kept throwing pills or then getting oh, scared. Yeah. Like that made me laugh a lot. But that and as much as I love Triple J, I can't remember any other scenes where he was like overly involved in it. What else really, stood out for you? Really the really the only thing that really stood out was the first time that you see him. That movie was Tuesday, so I'm... <laughs> You're forgetting it already? I'm forgetting it already. It's not that memorable of a flick. It's not It's not that memorable of a flick, but I remember the first time I saw him, he was... I mean, he, he was funny in that role. And he still is... Like, he's, he's kept it up continuously throughout the series. And, you know, while... While Tobey Maguire's done it, while Kirsten Dunst has done it, um, while Harry has done it, in a very lazy way... Um, it's hard for me to describe because he he really was he really was that good in it, and I'm sorry I'm not naming any scenes at all, but I really liked the I liked the part of La where he gets conned into buying the camera from the little girl and then it doesn't have film. Yes, it. that made me laugh a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that part. That was good. It wasn't that Sam Raimi's daughter. Raimi, uh, I don't know. Raimi? I don't know if it was or not. Okay. I have no idea. But, I did uh, not pay attention. But you no. don't know Sam Raimi's daughter? I don't. What is wrong with you? I looked that up in the chat. He doesn't either for, five, <laughs> for for the sake of it. You looked it up? Did you know the answer to that, but just you posted did. it as a question to see if we knew the answer? He did. You yeah. did that, did, didn't you? You did. Maybe I did. Maybe Let the records show that he did it. Rude. Okay. Don't snap your fingers. That's still a still a touchy subject. <laughs> <laughs> we don't snap our fingers and talk about Marvel movies. All right. Oh, okay. Yeah, you see what I'm going with that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because of that. I liked Aunt May. She always hits me in the feels. Like, the side yeah, characters great. were not involved in this movie very often. No, because there was too many other mains. Too many other things going on. But I really liked... So, Peter's talking about Wanda Propose to Mary Jane. And Aunt May tells this story about the proposal of Uncle Ben and her and all this stuff and then gives her her wedding ring to gives Peter her wedding ring to give to Mary Jane and it just was woo that uh, that, uh, that Aunt May is my favorite of all the Aunt Mays. She's just so good, so genuine, so sweet and so heart-wrenching. I only have one thing to add to that. Mhm. That wedding ring well, was Sam Raimi's actual wedding ring that he gave to his wife. No. Oh, okay. Uh, it was a very sweet gesture by Aunt May. What if that ring didn't fit? You, you can get, get a resized. ring resized. Right. <laughs> Shut that down real quick. <laughs> just get that like, thing like, resized. It was just like too tight on her finger or too loose. <laughs> well, it didn't matter. She Take didn't that. want it. Take <laughs> that ish to with the jewelers. All right. Uh, on the topic of the proposal, though, I do, th- I do think that this was the best Bruce Campbell performance yes. in the trilogy. Yes, his uh, role as the Mater D was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was hilarious watching him try to uh, interpret the cues from Peter to bring out the stuff, and he got it wrong every single time. Mm-hmm. And then the last time it came out anyway, and it was depressing. Uh, the conversation with him when he's trying, when Peter's explaining to him what he wants to do with the, put the ring in the champagne. He's just funny in this role. Very funny. He got progressively better. Because the first one, he's honestly pretty forgettable in it. Mm-hmm. The second one where he's at the theater, great as an usher. And yeah. then he gets a more uh, pronounced role in this one, and I liked it a lot. Yeah. Bruce Campbell is the man. 
yeah he was he was really great in this um let's see i really yeah i enjoyed the opening fight scene too i thought it was uh pretty cool yeah because that was the first time he was like fully clothed he didn't get a chance to he was in a suit one thing i noticed about this i don't know if it stuck out to you guys i i couldn't find anything to prove that this was happening so i don't think it was it that scene looked and a lot of other parts of this movie looked like they were made for 3d but I don't. I could not find any proof that this movie was released in 3D. It wasn't. And in 2007, they weren't really doing that yet. But it looked very 3D friendly to me. Yeah. Things yeah. things really jumped out at the camera, uh, particularly like when when Peter drops the ring, and it like comes right up close. And there's other parts where they mm-hmm. just fly into the camera. And I thought this looks. I I think back to when we watched the saw movies last year and we got to saw 3d yeah and it's noticeable the parts where they wanted it to jump in your face yes and there were parts in this that i felt like that was the case but i guess it wasn't well and it goes back to when when sandman became sandman because i felt like that would have been great in 3D. that could have been cool too the way the sand uh just kind of like rolled around um while we're commenting about like the effects mm-hmm which were great, I thought. They were great. Um, there were there were parts of that movie that were just the effects I thought were splendid. Like they were just absolutely fantastic. And my favorite scene in this movie is how the Sandman becomes the Sandman. Mm-hmm. Just how it's pretty it, cool. Just how everything down to the tiniest grains just becomes a giant hole. And I think, and I think just how all that forms is just just amazing. Yeah, the special effects were real good in that. One part I, I, I wish had... That's another thing that I think is a victim of this movie having too much going on, is I didn't feel like there was enough explanation into what happened to him. mm You know? Yeah, because... He just, like, yeah. ha- happens across this thing, and, and there's very, very little explanation during the scene with the scientists inside as to what this machine's doing. But we don't really find out what happened to him, why he turned into sand. Right, because what I... I mean, maybe there was a little more, but he got into this weird reactor. It started spinning, and then somehow the sand turned into his DNA, and then he became sand. But nothing happened to the sand. Yeah. It seemed weird to me. Yeah. It was just this spinny thing. Because if the idea was that a human wasn't supposed to be in there, which is the case, mm-hmm. what was supposed to happen if nothing happened to They the were sand? really just testing out a brand new... Uh, Fan? No, it was actually <laughs> going to be a playground toy. Oh. It goes can, too can, fast. Can, yeah, that's why. That and that's why they turns them into sand. It's, it's yeah. Like a giant it's not working good. out. They're going to have to reimagine that one. Takes them back. <laughs> On some uh, more serious aspects of the movie that I liked I thought it was really interesting to see MJ and Peter deal with this problem of a uh, contrasting problem of, of their self image and how they see themselves it, it's rampant throughout this movie I particularly liked MJ and her insecurities because I thought it was it gave mm-hmm. us an aspect of her that we hadn't seen before mm-hmm. throughout the first two movies she has this dream of becoming an actress mm-hmm. and we one of the opening scenes of this movie is uh, after the fight. We see, was it after the fight or before the fight? We Which see fight? her uh, the first fight. I guess it was before, where she's in the show. Yeah, no one remembers. I can't remember the order. I can't either. So um, uh, I remember the re- the review. I think. Yeah, he's in. She's in the play, 
We start out seeing her on Broadway, finally living her dream, but that quickly falls apart when she gets her first review, and it's bad, and it turns out all the reviews are bad, and she gets let go from the show and finds out by showing up to work, and there's a new actress there because everyone failed to tell her that she'd been let go. Wow. So you see her uh, her life kind of fall apart before her eyes, and she doesn't know how to deal with it, and I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And she wants to... Well, no, I don't know that she wants to. She... I was going to say she wants to talk to Peter about it, but she really doesn't show to me that she wants no, to talk to him at and, all. Uh, she doesn't mention anything She's, to Peter. Uh-huh. And and this is where I got so mad at both of them because she didn't say anything to Peter about all of this. But it, but also, I get why she may not have because any time that she brought, like, for, for the example, when the review came out and she was talking to Peter about it, and he was like, it happens to me all the time. People make fun of Spider-Man all the time. And she was like, this is not about you. Yeah. This is about me. I'm not Spider-Man. I don't have that kind of... And so, like, I get where bo- like, both sides are trying to help and listen and talk, but they're not getting their paths crossed and they need to talk more. Yeah. But, in again, in this movie, it goes back to me thinking that at the beginning, Peter is very full of himself and Spider-Man. So he's doing this thinking that it's helping, but it's really not. And then it gets to the point where Mary Jane just doesn't start, just stops telling him things because I wrote down that uh, when they get to the uh, proposal scene, she still hasn't said anything about her being fired. No, no, no that bothered me a lot because uh, I do, I understand her frustration, but at the same time, he acts that way because he doesn't know it's not right because she's not talking to him at all all yeah and i think what he's trying to do is he sees her as becoming a famous actress because that's what he wants for her and he sees himself as a famous person so he's trying to like i don't know relate to her as a famous person Mm -hmm. when in fact the exact opposite is happening for her yeah and instead of being open about it she just goes along with it and ignores it and he is too centered around his own life to see what's going on that it's just a big mess for them both it's one of those where i get frustrated because it's it's like you see this all the time where and it's a stereotype in movies that the the woman wants the guy to just know that something is wrong they do that all the time in movies and i don't like it as a stereotype just say it like yeah he's he's I'm not trying to justify him, but he does have a lot going on. She has a lot going on. It's just easier to come out and say what's going on rather than hope that someone picks up on the tone. If you're upset about something, if you're mad at someone with something, then just say it. Because then you can resolve that problem faster. Right. Well, they they don't seem to have a very healthy relationship really at any point because I feel like at at this point in their relationship, how is it not a thing to like one of the first things you say to your partner be I got fired today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, why would you withhold something of that importance with someone that you've supposedly been with for a bit now? Quite a bit. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The only thing I can think of. And is how the- can Peter, on the same token, not see that right. something is wrong? Like, yes, you shouldn't just know what people are thinking. But you should. But be she, able to tell. he should be able to know that by her behavior something is wrong. Yes, and it's not that things are going well, like right. he seems to think. Right, I don't understand him. No, or her. It's I don't a, understand either of them. It's a. It doesn't seem like it should make sense. Um, 
Then you got memory loss Harry bumbling around, <laughs> making pancakes and throwing eggs all over the floor. Yeah, but that was that before or after he remembered all of the stuff? I can't remember. It was before. Happened. He hadn't was remembered yet. Yeah. Okay. Because he he was just being friendly, and then they what kiss. Yeah. It was at that part, so he didn't. He was unaware of all this stuff, and then she left, and then he remembered. Yeah, these problems right? with Pete and MJ send MJ closer to Harry, who she used to date. Right, and now Harry is like a better dude because he's forgot he used to be a jerk. I guess. Yeah, and so they get closer, and they they end up kissing, and it yeah, it's not cool. It's not cool. Yeah. Nope. Not cool, uh, MJ, for certain. No. Harry's at least got a head injury to excuse himself with. Right. But, nah. And then no. he goes crazy cool. again and you takes advantage of the situation and, uh... Yeah. Tries to manipulate and then does, and then he turns to a good guy. See, that's just so... There's just... And I want to point out that I have, in this conversation, once again, for, completely forgotten about the other two villains in this movie. Yeah, well, that's the, the sad part is there's not a lot to say about them. We do not <laughs> no. get much out of them, particularly no. uh, Venom. And really, uh, Sandman doesn't get much better. No. Uh, the one we haven't talked about at all is Eddie Brock, and I feel like this is a good opportunity to talk about that. Now... Uh, he sucks. Let's get that out if you're right out of the way. Eddie Terrible Brock is human. Awful. awful um, human. Thank God you're okay. I personally think that made Topher Grace good for the role. I don't. I feel like y'all don't think that, I but think, I'm not certain. Uh, okay, I because he is annoying. He's annoying, and he's good. Topher isn't annoying, but he's good at being annoying. Yeah, I think Topher. Like, I think Topher is a good comedic actor. Yeah. As far as him being like a a a supervillain to a superhero, I don't see that. I mean, I, no. I had a hard time. I had a hard time like with him being Venom. I'm like, really? Of all people, they chose him to be Venom. You know, they they could have chose somebody else, but they chose him to be Venom. It it found it 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 made it it kind of turned Venom off for me. I'm just like <laughs> Venom. Yeah, uh, you know. I mean, Telfer's not or Eddie is not. Intimidating yeah. as Topher, mm. so now, I see now, that. If Harry became Venom, Ugh, that Harry would have been better Venom, than Goblin. But that, goodness, that, Harry still sucks. I mean, that would have been that would have been a hell of a lot better. But but no, in all in all, Topher Grace. I think Topher Grace is better at comedy than he is at this stuff. And this, when I saw him in this, the more I saw him, the more I just I just didn't care about him. Yeah, I mean, I just I wish I could I wish I could have I wish I could have like gotten to know him a little bit. Yeah, well, they I mean, don't. We, we've we've covered that like we can't we don't know enough about the other characters. Yeah, we don't to, know like, about develop anyone. a relationship, not a relationship, but just a background with them. But here it's just like we know that Eddie Brock Jr. is a douchebag. We know that he's a douchebag to everybody. And we know that he'll go as far as to lie at, on his job. Right. Yeah. He wants to be, he gets hired as the new staff photographer at the Daily Bugle for taking uh, sweet pictures of Spider-Man, uh -huh. which is Peter's gig. But he never got the staff position. Mm -hmm. So once Peter gets uh, involved in Venom and he starts turning a little bit, um, he becomes a little more courageous in some ways mm. and confrontational in some ways mm -hmm. and uh, th the best part about Peter and Brock's uh, clashing 
for me was when Peter confronts him about doctoring the picture of Spider-Man in the Bugle office. He basically JJ challenges him to get a picture of Spider-Man doing the wrong thing, doing mm-hmm. something wrong. And Peter was like, you're never going to get that picture, obviously knowing that Spider-Man doesn't do things wrong. Mm-hmm. So Eddie takes the challenge and then provides a picture of Spider-Man looking like he's robbing a bank. But Peter uh, gets the image and, sh- and proves that it's doctored. And Eddie kind of pleads with him and is like, if you do that, if you tell them, I'm never going to work again. Poor baby. Yeah, that's how I felt. Because that's, you know, put that fake news out there. I'm not about that life. So he tells him and... My favorite line in this whole movie that, like, almost made me want to, like, clap was he says that and Peter goes, you want forgiveness? Get religion. (laughs) It was cold. Yeah. Ice cold line. And I liked that was when I that was one of the very few parts where I thought that is that is Venom done right. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I thought Topher Grace was fine. I didn't have a problem with him. He, he made me really hate Eddie Brock. Uh, he was just garbage. His Venom was bleh, whatever. Um, but I don't think I just don't think they did Venom right in this movie at all. Um, I I didn't like the I guess the the quintessential emo dance scenes, which we haven't really uh, talked uh, about uh, yet. No, it was really weird when they 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 chose to make uh they chose to make Peter emo for for this I I. I don't know if they were just like this is what kids do today, right? And that's where they why well, they because it. it started off with him being overly confident, and he was like he was walking down the the street, and all the women were looking at him, and it was he was just like the confidence was growing, and the confidence was growing, and I get that they were trying to make it where it was like he's got this newfound confidence and assertiveness and, and I guess aggressiveness and in that tends to get people's attention so I get what they were doing with that and and I guess the idea was that it was supposed to start off as like this subtle confidence thing and continually build to where you became cocky and arrogant and off-putting they just didn't do it in a good way no because he looked like a fool with his emo hair swoopiness but like the stereotype emo person is not like gonna go dancing down the street and like finger gunning at people, and, and then just the con- continual uppeting of the the dancing and the silliness. Like it was just silly. And, and again, I know what they were trying to do, but I think there were better ways to do it. And I think you could have done that with Mary Jane or his relationships with people rather than have him do this weird montage. It would have been more impactful for certain. Because like that religion line with Eddie Brock, that that could have been the start of it. It had been like, good job, Peter, because that guy's a piece of crap. He took your job. You're standing up for yourself. This is really good. And, and then you could have got the staff position. People at the Bugle would have respected you. And then you could have had that continually escalate to with his relationship with Mary Jane, even his relationship with Aunt May, to where they were trying to help. Like, they could see him kind of going a little too far as it progressed, and then he turned it on them, and that would have made you hate him even more rather than find it in this silly way that they had decided to do it. Yeah. The worst scene in this movie was was the the dance scene at the jazz club. Yep. The worst scene. I laughed out loud. It was so funny to me, but in a bad way. Yes. 
but it was I'll give him that it was very very funny yeah <laughs> very funny I but thought it, and, I, and I thought that was I thought what they were doing in that scene was a good way to do it because he and Mary Jane had broken up he went there with Gwen Stacy and like danced while they were singing like that could have and should have been a moment of whoa yeah what a change this Venom actually does but it was just too funny it was just too funny didn't work nope you had talked about Andrew you thought it became the movie became too predictable toward the end go into that a little bit well we're getting towards the end of like they're at the building and Mary Jane again is in trouble and yeah she get like uh, anyway I'm not gonna get into that but the thing is is that like you know she's hanging she's hanging in a, ca- in, a in a cab right above and you get to the point where you're just like okay Venom's here. It's building up a little bit. It's, I will say this. The the turning of Harry from bad to good did surprise me a little bit. Yeah, because it's out of left field. It's out of left field. So all of a sudden... They don't Harry build to it at all. Yeah. Harry, Harry comes back. Harry comes back and he's a, he, he's a good guy. And then we have... Then we have the Sandman who all of a sudden became... Who, who became King Kong... Yeah, just <laughs> he did. He came King Kong just blah, blah, blah. and like, and then you have Venom, who's being Venom, and and then what became pr- predictable to me is that at some point in time, we know that Venom is going to be taken care of. We know that what's his face, Eddie Brock Jr. is going to be is going to be taken out of the equation one way or another. It just got to the point where, you know, they kidnap Mary Jane. We know Spider-Man is going to come in and rescue Mary Jane. Right, because he has a, twice already. That's a given. I mean, it's going to happen. And the bad guy, in some way or form, is going to die, either by his own hand or by somebody else. And we know that, like, Mary Jane and Peter are going to get back together. Yeah, there are aspects of it that... By the third movie. That's... Again, I say this is why third movies are so hard. They are. Because they're just going to do the same things they did in the first two. When you don't have an overarching plot to wrap up, you just fall back on repeating the same things you've done. Like, this kind of reverts back to Return of the Jedi. Like, it's just like there's no more energy. Like, you're just... I feel like you're just... Okay... We know it's going to happen. Something, you know, we know he's going to rescue Mary Jane. Are you crapping on Return of the Jedi right I'm now? I'm not. I'm not crapping on. I was going to say the only thing I have to say about Return of the Jedi is, is that like you think it runs out out of steam? It runs out of steam. That's fair. I mean, it does a little that's bit. Just me. No, what? Uh, nobody's favorite is Jedi. No. Hmm. But, Interesting. But I mean, at that point, at this point, we just get we just get kind of just you know, gets kind of tired of it. We're just mm-hmm. like. Come on, Spidey. Do something else, you know? Yeah. And... The stakes. There's never stakes, I guess. There's no stakes. I see what... Yeah. So, it took me a while to get there, but I arrived at a point. So... (laughs) (laughs) That's usually the case. Mm -hmm. You get there eventually. So... But yeah, that's my two cents, and I'm sticking to it. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just looking over these notes I took to see if there's any last, like, remaining tidbits I want to cover, because we're getting near the end here. Um, There was some great humor in this movie. I also, I laughed out loud in a good way 
when uh, Spidey is pouring all the sand out of his boots. Yeah. That was funny. There was a lot of sand in there. It's all in his helmet, or not helmet, but his mask. Mm -hmm. I thought that was funny. He was like, where does it all come from? Or Mm -hmm. something like that. I mean, here's something else, too, that I never understood. Where does he get that suit at? Because he gets that suit torn up a lot. He does, and it's, yeah. He makes it. It's He right? doesn't. He sews it. That's no. what he did in the first one. No. That's one thing that I wish had been explained. Mm-hmm. And, you know. There's no way he sews that every time himself. The web After he made is. that horrible spray-painted <laughs> hoodie pajama suit looking thing the first time, he's just suddenly really great. Yeah. At sewing, yeah. maybe is maybe the spiders are good at sewing because they have like, to make the web, so it's like kind of like sewing. I just it's, it'd be and, so nice if they had spent a scene explaining that in Spider Man and, and and you know he went he went from being poor to all of a sudden being one hell of a costume right. designer. Well, it's important because like <laughs> you find out how Batman gets his suit, he's rich and orders the pieces yeah. and puts it together. In Spider Man Homecoming. Uh, Tony Stark makes it for him. It's explained. Like, it's of course Tony can make something like that. Yeah. Where does Spider-Man get it in this one? <laughs> but this is at a time where they no one cared about stuff like that. Nope. It's de- Spider-Man or superhero movies are a little more detailed than those kind of things these days. Sometimes. Yeah, we 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 don't take our superhero movies for granted anymore. No. He because he'd have to get it from someone. You couldn't. Yeah. He can't make it. But, like, who does he trust to make it and not tell anyone? Maybe he just tells Aunt May it's a cosplay thing and he needs her to sew it. Of course, now at this point in his life, he mentions that Spider-Man is a popular Halloween costume. So maybe he can just go buy one now. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty detailed costume. Hey, I don't know. Sometimes you can go to the Halloween store and get detailed costumes. That's true. I mean, the only person who would you would notice that, like, was Spider-Man was the dude swinging around from a web coming out of his wrist. Right. But anyway. And how does he not... How does it come out? That's what I was saying. Of the arm. I was like, like, I was like surely would, there's got to be something. It would have to be stuck there because you would think it would get caught mm-hmm. or it would move around when he's fighting. Mm-hmm. How does it... No. Is there a little hole that he's cutting it? Yeah, probably. How does it work? I don't know. I got a lot of questions. This could be a whole conversation of its own. It is a whole <laughs> conversation. That's what the show is. So, Just talking about movies. Here's what I think. What would have worked if they would if they would have like if they would have just thought about it maybe just one more draft of the script make this into two volumes that yeah would, I mean they're doing it they definitely could have done a Spider Man four that way I mean they're getting popular we have Avengers that has two volumes we have Harry Potter the last Harry Potter was two volumes I re- yeah but they weren't really doing that then I guess I remember I was kind of sad when I found out they weren't going to make any Spider Man movies they're so good. Mm. In general, mm. this one not as good, but they're entertaining. In general, it's a pretty successful go around yeah. for three movies. And then I remember I was mad when they were gonna when they were gonna make another Spider Man and they cast Andrew Garfield, but he was all right. I kind of hope we get to those at some point. I, I saw like a talk list about them. I think it'd be interesting. Yeah, because I've never seen them. I never they do some ones. risky things with it. Did you ever see the Amazing Spider Man two? No, just I on a quick note. Okay, yeah. I'm the only one who's seen it. Then I won't say it, even though it's been a while because we might watch it someday. But like, they do risky stuff with that one. Okay, it is not in predictably. All right. Okay. In my opinion, hmm. and I would have liked to have seen them them do this, like we talked about earlier. Like, okay. sw- take that third one and switch it up and do something crazy. Mm-hmm. 
That's what I would have liked to have seen. I think I think we're about out. I think you know we didn't even talk much about Gwen Stacy, but there's not much to say. No, they bring in Bryce Dallas Howard, great actress, but Gwen doesn't really serve a lot of purpose other than than to be someone for Spider Man to save. They kind of tease her as maybe being a love interest, but it turns out not to be the case. He has that one kiss with her, but it was just acting for Peter. Mm-hmm. It was the sh- a yeah. show for the, for yeah. the Spider Man show. Yeah. Like he didn't, but MJ rightfully has concerns because Peter's not open with her about it. Right. So she kind of just, she's kind of underutilized she, just like everyone else in the movie. Really? She, in that movie, she's just there. Yeah. And, and she does the decent thing, which is she apologizes to, she apologizes to MJ. Now she's, Stacy is the main character in the amazing Spider-Man franchise. Okay. Which I like because it changes it up. It's not MJ anymore. Okay. That's nice. Anything else no, from the peanut gallery? We need to do our no, I'm good. Yeah, okay. So let's uh, talk about Rotten Tomatoes. R2. What do we think the score of this movie is? I'm going to give this a 65. Okay. I'm going to give it... I'm going to go a little higher and say... I'm going to go with 70. I was going to go with a 62. Okay. We have... Oh, snap! 63. Ooh! Gotcha, boy. That's, yeah, you lost by one. Gotcha, boy. Oh, we almost had a tie like last time. Yeah. What now? <laughs> 63. Oh, that was exciting. Huh? So that's still... That's it's, still it's exciting when you win. That's still generally that's, considered a good movie. I've never won yes, one of these. Is. Yes, you have, because has he? Oh, cause, No, because he like hasn't, because he cheated. Cheating. Yeah. We, we wiped the record like Lance Armstrong. <laughs> 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 um, what do we want to put it on our scale? One to five? I don't know. Bags of sand. Sure. Bags of sand. I guess I don't know. I'll take one. it. Um, uh, you go. I'll give this a two point five. I'll give it a two and a half. This is a deep thought for you. I'm torn somewhere between two and a half and three because I think it's between okay and good. Yeah. Maybe two 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 point seven five. Okay. Halfway between those two. Fair. Right. That's fair. Because two point five. I don't think it's bad. What? It's not. I gave. I don't remember what I gave Spider Man one. I mean, gave Spider Man two five out of five. It's the thing about Spider Man three is, is that it's not bad. It's just not good. I mean, like. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's good. I think. It, yeah, but that's it, though. It's not like. <laughs> it's not like great. No, it's, it's not, not great. It ain't by no standards. Spider Man two. <laughs> Good. Yes, if someone would ask me, you know, I think everybody tends to err on the side of I hated it, but having watched it again with a it's, distance and a clearer mind, it's, I would describe it as, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's an extended good with a question mark at the end. <laughs> it's, an, it's an entertaining yarn. Okay. So now we're done with Spider-Man. Hooray, we Woo. finished another franchise. We got to move on to a new one. And the way we do that is by complete random. We have a randomizer that is full of movies and it's going to pick a number and we're going to look up what the movie is and that's what we're going to do unless one of us vetoes it. We get one veto. Man, I'm excited. So let's see. This is going to be good. Have you already seen it? Uh, I've generated them. I haven't seen seen what they are yet. Okay. Oh boy. So the first one is on the list is number 49. And we are now over officially. I think we've been there for a while, but we are at 113 
movie franchises on our list. Oh, we got to add another one. I don't like having 13 in there. How many uh, How many have we done so far? We have done... Gosh, this is episode 16, I think? We've done... So... Six. That sounds about right. Six franchises. All right. Number 49. Scooby-Doo. Veto. <sighs> just watched that like a couple <laughs> weeks ago. The first one or the second The one? first one. Okay. Andrew well, Andrew vetoed, vetoed it, so that's so, the end of it. All right. <laughs> I don't, I don't, like, I would probably do it, but I don't care enough to fight him on it. No. 17. I just, just remember, it could get worse. Yeah. <laughs> Sin City. <sighs> There's two of them. There. Two. <laughs> I don't wanna. It <laughs> doesn't sound fun. Uh, do I want to do it, though? Let's see. I don't think I ever watched Sin City 2. I think Andrew liked it. Didn't you tell us you liked it? I've not seen it all the way through. What? Did you fall asleep? No. <laughs> you a just dame? gave up? Is it no, a dame I, to kill? Is that right? Yeah, it's a dame to kill. I had to take it back. Mm. Well, to what? Blockbuster? Yeah. <laughs> really? You haven't seen that since Blockbuster was there? There were no Blockbusters around for that one. That one came out like three years ago. I know. Uh, it's Because it was a massive we had a gap hast- We had a Hastings. Oh. It was in 2014. Okay. Still though, four years is close. I think he was gone by then. But no, that's that's the only one I haven't seen. But I love Sin City. Man, that movie does have a good cast. Uh, I'm going over it in my mind. His first movie had two directors. Yeah. Why? Because Frank Miller wanted to be involved. Frank Miller and Robert <laughs> Rodriguez. Oh, you know I Rob- don't like Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez wanted to be in on it because Robert Rodriguez wanted Frank Miller on it. Like he wanted Frank Miller to be in it. He resigned from the DGA because of it. Who resigned? Robert uh, Robert Rodriguez. Because he wanted Frank Miller in it, Correct. and they said no. Yeah, because it was their rules, and he said, "Screw your rules." What are their rules? Frank Miller can't direct a movie. If you can't, if you're not a part of the DGA, you can't direct a, you can't direct a feature film like that. Like you have to be a part of it. Like if you want to co-direct. Hmm. Like, he wanted him to co-direct it. Oh, I agree with them. Screw those rules. That's a stupid rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got did. Nick Offerman in it. Didn't know that. Yeah, all right. I'll do it. Sin City? Yeah, I'll do it. Nick Offerman's in the first Unless one. Unless you veto it. No, I'm fine with Sin City. He is in yeah, the first one. Yeah. Okay. Don't act like you remember. You don't. You want to know what the other two are? Sure. Yeah, I do. All right. The next one would have been 74, which would have been Independence Day. Oh, that would have been vetoed. And then 61, which would have been The Matrix. Would you have vetoed Independence Day? Probably not. Okay, so we would have been stuck on that. Yeah. If I had vetoed this. Yeah. Would you have vetoed The Matrix? No, but we wouldn't have gotten there. But no, I wouldn't have. Would you? No, because that would have been the required one. Okay. We would have been forced to do it. Okay. But I wouldn't have I wouldn't have vetoed The Matrix anyway. I think that's a fascinating... Still have never seen the third one of that. Okay, well, we're getting boring now. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so next time we're doing Sin City, I guess. I don't know how to feel about it. Nah, it's going to be interesting. I've only seen the first one like once, and I think I liked it. Never seen the second one. Yeah, well, it's it's a noir. And sometimes those are hard for me to get into. It's a very, very comic... It's, yeah, we're going from one comic book thing to another, basically. This, this literally is a graphic novel. Well, I'm going to get into that whenever we... Whenever we I feel like this. you're going to have a lot to say. Yeah. Because I know you really like Sin City. I like Sin City as much as I like film noir. 
So, which is an awful lot if you know Andrew. So, okay. Well, that's the end of this show. Uh, you can find us online at facebook.com slash okconnection, uh, instagram.com slash so many sequels pod, or who does who goes to instagram.com? I guess <laughs> you just search so many sequels pod in the search button in your app. There you go. And that's it. Uh, before we go, though, uh, I want to make an announcement. Uh, if you know us at all, um, Gary and I are ending the Wayback Flashback soon. No! Uh, it's the first time we've said that out loud. Why didn't I know about this? I know, right? When the hell did this happen? Uh, just recently. Uh, May 27th is going to be our last episode of that show. It airs on RSU Radio on Sundays. That's my mother's birthday. Well, happy birthday to her. You should turn on the show for her. Okay. She, mm. she might enjoy it. Maybe we'll give her a shout out. Maybe, maybe. Um, we've done this show for five and a half. Five and a half years. Wow. And it's coming to an end this month, Memorial Day weekend. It's just huh, too many stuff to do. Too, too many stuff, too many things. Too many things. And we want to try to focus on some other things. Yep, yep. So this show is going to come to an end. We've been doing it since we were students at RSU, and it's time. To pass the torch, I guess. When we were babies. When we were babies. Basically. Yeah. Five and a half years is a long time in radio show land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Five and a half years of doing the show, two and a half years worth of shows. That would actually <laughs> <laughs> It's not that bad. It's not that bad. The, the, the great part is we'll never know the truth. No. Nope. So we would really like it if you listen to that. May 27th uh, from 1 to 3 on RSU Radio. You can stream online at rsuradio.com. You can also stream it in the TuneIn app. That's my favorite radio app. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the in the Tulsa area, you can listen to 91.3 FM on your on your uh, FM radio. So, yeah. Check us out. We're going to have fun. I don't know what we're going to do yet. Nope. Because we haven't got there. But we're going to have fun and say goodbye to a show that we've had for several years. And with that, we are officially at the end. So we will be back next week with Sin City. In the meantime, do what you got. You have any cookies? <laughs> we don't. <laughs> <laughs>